live at the Golden Circle Sports Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Carlson knocks it loose. Carlson towards the empty net. He scores! William Carlson, empty net power play goal. Vegas 4, Florida 2. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go. Five o'clock hour. Friday, 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 Friday. Sorry, always scaring the people playing the machines here. But, you know, you guys yell a lot at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Willie is with us. Willie Ramirez. It's Cofield. Treasure Island is the location. It's such a busy weekend, as every weekend is, for Vegas sports. We got VGK on the bounce back with a game. Uh, Multiple UNLV basketball games, men's and women's. All the NFL playoffs, right? Of course, college basketball, as I mentioned, uh, NBA, and we have, calm down, Willie. Look at him. He's, like, scratching and clawing at the table. He loves competitive eating, maybe more than this show uh, has ever loved it. We, you know, we've done pregame shows for the hot dog eating contest from downtown, and we stumbled on this one, basically a stone's throw away from where we are at Treasure Island, down at uh, Siegel's Bagel Place, right? Yep. They're going to have a bagel eating contest this weekend. And we got some of the biggest stars of competitive eating in town, including a former Vegas resident in Mickey Sudo. I'm just telling you right now, we have freaked her out before when she's come on with our enthusiasm for competitive eating. So keep it under wraps a little bit, please. Mickey, how you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Did you just introduce me alongside NBA and and other uh, and the like? Yes. I appreciate yes. it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You guys are top-notch athletes. We know you have to train to a certain extent. You uh, extend the limits of uh, humankind with uh, you know what you do. And when I saw bagel eating, I'm like, my God, that is intimidating. So what's going oh on God. with the? It, it yeah, is. what's going and on? These are serious bagels too. Yeah, I saw you put up a poll about what the total could be. Um, why are bagels so hard to eat for competitive eaters? Well, one, I think these are legitimate New York-style bagels. They're not going to be like the, the little ones that you, you know, you know store, get yeah. at the store. Yeah. Um, so from what I understand, they're going to be, you know, between six to eight ounces for the whole bagel and cream cheese set. Um, it's a dunking contest, but I really can't, I can't imagine them absorbing liquid like a hot dog bun would. So, right. you know, it's going to take a lot of jaw strength. So I'm competing alongside uh, Jeff Esper, my uh, husband, Nick Weary. And, uh, you know, I want to say, like, this sort of contest is slightly in their favor because it's going to take ferocity and violence, and it's not going to be a pretty uh, technique-based event. Yeah, I would think the jaw strength, because there, there's, a, there's kind of a pop to a bagel, the jaw strength is going to be key. Yeah, I think so. What would you say, babe? I have Nick here right with me. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah, I would say um, normally if it's a rhythm contest, I kind of know to pack my bags because Mickey's going to put a hurting on me for anything with rhythm and grace. <laughs> yeah. But this is going to probably be just pure anger, violence, and energy. Uh, so I, uh, I like my chances in this one. All right. Well, Mickey mentioned, oh, yeah. Mickey, you mentioned, and that was Nick Reary with us too, 
uh, both competitive eaters, uh, Mickey Sudo and Nick Ray. Um, you mentioned cream cheese. I'm, I'm thrown off here. Wait, are you, do you have to eat cream cheese? Yeah, so the, it, we're going to have um, four bagel sets. That's the top bagel, bottom bagel, um, and with a, a spoon and a half, I believe, of cream cheese in the middle. So it's going to be a healthy portion of a schmear, I believe, was uh, wow. the correct term for Sunday. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So they're pre-prepared and put in front of you as you are consuming? Yeah. I, I mean, all of us, all of our food is, uh, you know, like, like a hot dog pre-assembled. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. So we'll just have uh, plates and plates of those ready to go, and whoever eats the most wins. Um you know, who's to say? I, I don't know if there's an official world record right now or if this is going to be the first um, one in the book. But really, um, never I... should be high. It should definitely an event, you know, worth checking out. If you're if you're near, if you're in Las Vegas area, I would say make your way down to Siegel's Bagel Mania uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. because you're going to have, like, all the competitive eating, you know, stars. And, and, and from what I understand, Siegel's is giving out some uh, comm- commemorative T-shirts um, while supplies last. And be a lot of fun for the whole family can i just voluntarily get in the contest and then i'll just say hey just add some locks and capers and you're, tomato you're and i'll just you're gonna eat one i'll have no i'll have three. Oh, god you're gonna try to distract us all with like your delicious you know <laughs> i'll do it i'll do it completely yeah like like yeah. Mo- like yeah when i go to mom's for a holiday or a birthday mm-hmm. and she says well let's just do a breakfast she'll go i'll pick up the, it's just it's just automatic i'll pick up the bagels and the locks and blah blah blah, blah, blah. i'm always in for three Oh, my God, that used to be, like, my go-to. That's the first thing I would grab from, like, the, you know, I used to hit up, like, all the, the station casinos, you know, brunch buffets. That's the first thing that I would get. Yeah, there's a nostalgic place that uh, on uh, up near Summerlin in, in this town where it, it rivals a actual New York, you know, like, deli with bagels, but also with the cold cuts and the menu. So and Bagel the, Mania does the same thing. Oh, do they? Okay, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're so like a full-scale deli, yeah, and they've yeah. got a pink box yeah, donuts yeah, in there. I only checked out their menu, but it looks like, yeah, they are. It's impressive, yeah. They, they've got, like, old-school, new-school stuff, but, um, yeah, it looks like they're all pretty, pretty, pretty legit. So tell me about the hot dog eating contest and, and you know, getting back into the fold. Uh, you had a child. That's, that's obviously unique amongst competitive eaters. You know, obviously the men are not delivering children, but what was the bounce back like? Um, you know, I think um, I was nervous, but, uh, you know, I, I I wasn't the first woman to ever, you know, take some time off and have a baby and come back. You know, I, I, Adele took five, seven years off, you know, and, uh, you know, she came back better than ever. So, uh, you know, not that I'm, uh, you know, so if there was a, an Adele of competitive eating, that might have sure. been me. Um, it was it was, a, it was a huge confidence booster to come back two months postpartum and win my first event on the circuit against, you know, Joey Chestnut and Jeff Esper and Nick Weary. Um, so, yeah, two months after giving birth, I did my first ever event, um, which was Wings in Buffalo. Um, oh. I won that, and then I, I, you know, obviously the following July won Nathan's too. So it's uh, it's been great to be back, and, you know, now I get to, you know, I started this alone. Or uh, not alone, that sounds so sad. I started right, right. single, <laughs> and then I met Nick, and, you know, I got to do this, you know, travel around and compete with the love of my life. And uh, now the three of us, you know, me, Nick, and Max, we all just do it as a family. So it's um, it's it's a lot of work, you know, dragging a baby, you know, across the country to contest. But it's been a lot of fun. I was good. My follow up was going to be about wings. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing that I've ever done where I'm where I'm out with somebody. Um, 
and and I'll say, okay, let's 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 do it. What is your personal and then your husband's personal record with wings? And I'll tell you what me and this young man did. We were on a wrestling out at a wrestling tournament, and I was one of the chaperones for the high school program I was uh, I was with. Um, so when it comes to wings, let's see. Uh, I don't Nick's better at numbers. Um, I think you did two thirty eight in twenty twenty one, and I think Hooters was my best number, and I think that was uh, two twenty three. Well, I don't mm. even come close. Why, why would you even? Yeah, okay, you're asking the question, Mickey. He's asking a question. I'm I'm looking at him like, do you understand what these people? Like, they're not doing thirty wings. <laughs> it's hundreds of wings. <laughs> I just like wings just go by so fast yeah. that you know I don't remember it was two thirty or two forty or, or whatever. Did I That's win? Crazy. That's what Max. That, I remember those years when I win. Um, but anyway, yeah, we put up some pretty high numbers. Um, and actually, um, we've got a new one on the circuit, which is uh, Wings for Wishes. Um, that's a really cool event. So yeah, last year, in, um, that one's in Miami. It should be again this uh, this March or April. And I think last year. The event raised over like 500k for uh, wow. the Make a Wish Foundation, so it's pretty awesome. Speaking with competitive eater Mickey Sudo. So Mickey, um, how old's the baby? Uh, Max just turned a year and a half, and a he's year huge, and a half. So, by the way, if anybody can come on on Sunday, yeah. please do check it out. You won't believe that my baby's only a year and a half old because he's uh, like he's like in the 92nd percentile for height. Yeah. Um, well, does that mean that he's like, he's he's entered like, competitive uh, bottle eating contest? <laughs> uh, but you know he's allowed to do anything in this world except for bodybuild and competitive eating. We no! vetoed those two activities. Oh, wow. yeah. no, you, this, is, this is crazy. This is the perfect union <laughs> to have a child. You set this up. This is going to be the next great competitive eater. You got to let him do it. It was, it, it was a thought process, you know, because I'm sure he's a genetic anomaly. He'd be the yes. equivalent of like LeBron James and Lisa Leslie having a baby, <laughs> yes, and then yes. just saying like, "Never get to touch a basketball in your life." Because I guess we just don't want the phone call from like the fourth grade teacher, like, "To your sonny, seventeen slices of pizza today in six minutes." <laughs> you know, that instead of swearing, our kid is going to be inhaling everybody else's lunch. Exactly. Yeah. And bodybuilding is out of the out of the question. Why? Because uh, I did that for about twelve years. I okay. did bodybuilding Which, for about 12 years uh, before I was a competitive eater, because that's a logical jump. Um, so then I, I just, I think it's when you do anything, similar to like you guys are in radio or someone that's a professional athlete, you look and you see and you're like, you tell your kids like, man, you could be you could be better than me. Don't do what I did. <laughs> did you compete in? You see the heartache. Like, do you know how much heartache goes on behind the scenes when I lose like a potato eating contest? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I don't want my son to cry over dumb stuff. <laughs> so I, anyway, what I happened with your wing contest? I don't. What's that? Um, you said that something happened with you and wings. Oh no, no, no! We were on a wrestling tournament, and, and we were at a Buffalo Wild Wings, and me and one of the young men, but Brando was his name. We decided we were going to go at it order by order, and we both at fifty decided, okay, we're not going any further, and we quit at fifty specifically. So. Um, fifty is a pretty yeah, fifty is a yeah. pretty big number yeah. for um, yeah for just no, for just I mean, two schmoes. But um, I don't know bad. about heartbreak. Not embarrassing at all. I don't know about heartbreak off of a losing an eating contest, but bodybuilding concern. I've seen it firsthand, not for myself, a uh, family member. But were you um, in IFBB or Muscle Mania in the natural world or in like Mister <laughs> Olympia? No, I did NPC slash okay. IPD, so untested and stuff like that. So all those things that go hand in hand with with untested organizations and bodybuilding, it's like it becomes um, it goes from something that absolutely can be healthy to something that's like I just want to win, 
And that's probably what's, what's an extremely strong point for me competitively. Uh, very quickly can go down a path of like, you know, you could tell me like, go out in the yard and eat grass and you're going to win that contest. I'd be mowing grass down. So those things, those are the things I also don't want for the kids or, um, yeah, the, the by any means necessary is a gift and a curse. Guys, good luck in this event. We appreciate a couple minutes. Thanks to uh, Nick and thanks to uh, Mickey. And we called you a couple minutes late. Sorry about that, but we appreciate no, your time. No and, worries. Uh, we, uh, we just have an early morning flight, so we're kind of just getting our last-minute you know, stuff in order. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure talking to you always. And, yeah, everybody, come on down to Seagulls Bagel Mania 11 a.m. on Sunday. Excellent. See you there. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. There you go. Nick Weary, Mickey Sudo. Mickey, like, she was being kind of, she was joking. She, like, literally is the Adele, whoever you consider the greatest female singer, she is the Adele of yeah. uh, female competitive eating. It is ridiculous. She cannot be beat. Right now, she, the only time she hasn't won was the year she sat out for the child. And Bagel Mania is, like, Convention Center Drive. It's right, right here. Convention Center Drive. It's 11 a.m. There's 7500 bucks on the line with the total prize purse. They've never done a bagel eating contest before and back to your point like i think you were suggesting like after the first four then they got to like make their own bagels <laughs> like, like that's Is that part, part of, of the content you, you got to spread the cream yeah. cheese that that to me brings a whole new element in yeah eating the bagel is one thing and we and i would have i would have gotten really crazy with the deep dive i'm glad she mentioned it like when you the hot dog contest they basically disintegrate the bun by dipping it right putting a bagel in water I, it almost feels like it would expand well, because it's, so, it's so dense, so it's heavy. God, the jaw we're, we're, Yeah, such that, athletes. You know, hey, my God, and athleticism. You know, and you know where I'm at every Sunday morning at eight o'clock for a couple hours. So, oh, uh, you can walk over. I could go right over from the Westgate. Sure, and I'll get a couple of bagels, but just for me. Yeah, nope. go check this out. They're gonna have uh, swag over there. It's Bagel Mania on Convention Center Drive, eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Thanks to Mickey. Thanks to Nick. The World Bagel Eating Championship. Come on. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Rolling on 5 o'clock hour. Cofield and Company. You heard it, Golden Circle. Come on out. Happy hours going down right now. 55-plus TVs, the book, the betting kiosk. Fantastic property here at the TI. Free to park all the time. Free to park all the time. You know, we, we moved past that uh, Gonzaga game winner by Julian Strother, hometown guy, real quickly. Um, I did want to point out that that was Zags Radio, and there was like a maniacal laugh at the end. The play-by-play guy on that is a guy named Tom Hudson. The color voice is Adam Morrison, <laughs> one of the Zaga legends who really enjoys himself on the broadcast, which is good. Well, the emotional side of him is not surprising. Now, is he never going to live that down that he, that he cried on the court when he lost? No, but I'm just saying he's an emotional guy. So to his, you know, in terms of being animated yeah. on, the, on, on the air. Yep. It's, it, it comes out. You know what's funny? How much has changed? I'd have to look up what year that was. How much has changed since Zaga gets knocked out of the tournament, Morrison's on his knees kind of weeping, and he got universally mocked? I think in this era, now that we talk about mental health, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. there's a little more embracing of men being able to show their feelings. You think? I think there'd be he'd have more backers now than he had back then. There'd yes, be a little pushback. He'd still have okay because I want to because let's go back six eight weeks. Derek Carr had yeah. plenty of people mocking him yeah. for crying after the Colts loss. So I get what you're saying though. There would be more. Um, there would be more people backing the 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 move of showing your emotions and people with mental health and and men need to understand that it's okay. Um, you're right, but I don't think there'd be any less. It's just that there would be more backers. There's still going to be people mocking men showing their emotions. Adam Morrison was done in college. How time has flown in 2006. I thought it was like 10 years ago. Longer than that. Where's it going, Willie? Time's flying. Where's the time going? We're getting old. He's 38 years old now. We're getting old. We're all getting old. You're getting old. I'm getting old. I went and did my checkup the other day, my three-month checkup. I'm now, I've, I've now reached out to three different specialists just off, that, off lab work and everything. Like, I would go for checkups and didn't have to. What specialist? I got appointments set up for the next three weeks. This weekend's a cool deal uh, on Saturday, 4 o'clock. Colorado State's in town. Uh, cool deal to Thomas and Mac. Dick Calvert's going to get a jersey or something lifted to the rafters. I'm guessing a banner with a microphone on it. Mm -hmm. I was There was a kind of a mashup video on Twitter, and they were showing Dick Calvert back in the day. And Dick's now in his 80s, and he's, you know, he's the voice of the Rebels for 50-plus years and you know, was around the, the AAA team for the longest time, one of the voices of Las Vegas. They were showing him about, like, 30 years ago. Man, what a beard-hair combo. Sure. I'm jealous. I did. Like like salt and pepper? Yeah. But it looked good. Well, yeah. Willie got on me. Guy. Willie got on me off the air. and he, he Like, I know you looked at me, and you're basically you, were, you didn't want to say you look like a bum, but you were like, you, you were like, I don't think I could do all that different color thing on your beard and i was like why oh, are okay. you taking it out of context what'd you say i didn't say anything off the air number oh, one on the air okay number two it was you're not talking about today you're talking about about a couple of weeks ago you yeah. you were looking at me strange we came back and you went you stared at me we were at our monday gig and you went hmm so i'm looking at your goatee and i said yes i color it and you oh, that's what it were was getting like on me and i told you why and the reason why you're like, you mean like me. So you took it personal when it, I did. So all of a sudden you twist. You see how you twist out of context? But I, I thought about it a lot the last couple of weeks because, you know, our buddy Dave Koken did it for a while and now he's just gone natural. But like Dave went. But Dave there, is there, all there, one color. But there was, well, they, now, but there was, no, there, Dave had a week. A week? Probably 2010. I'd have to go find the picture of it. Dave got his eyebrows done too. But the eyebrows didn't set the right way, and they were way too dark. Yeah, Do you ever see the movie JFK? Yes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and there's yeah. a character in there. Character. Yeah, because he's got like he yeah. lost his eyebrow. Like Dave, it was so dark. I was like, the character's Dave. name was Dave. So that's kind of the risk. Yeah. You know when you do the the coloring, and I actually the other day I asked the SO because she works at a salon, doesn't necessarily do hair, but you know she's an expert on the stuff. The significant other, and I asked her, I was like, hey, I'm just gonna go buy some beard coloring. Like, what should I get? She's like, no, no. I'll get it. I'm like, all right. I get just for men, and I get my natural. Instead of getting black, I get dark brown. So to follow up on this, I don't know how much poker you watch, 
But, you know, every once in a while we have Daniel Negreanu on because he's a big VGK fan. Yeah. I turn on some poker event, I think it was recent, and I'm like, who's the guy with, like, the dark brown hair? And that beard is pretty lush. And I kept looking, and I'm like, is that Negreanu? Like, whoever does, whoever does his work is masterful. It looked great. And then my hopes got up again. I'm like, maybe I can do that. I've done the brow thing. I don't want to do the brow thing. But I, I have it's, it's mainly I, I, I want matches. The, 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 the SO brought up the point. She's like, your hair on your head and your sideburns, and your, it's like 14 different colors. Like, I don't know how we're going to do this. Right. Well, it's easy. Right. You go. You, you get. You buy your natural color. You have to also know the time. You have to. You have to. Like I set things up before I get in the shower. So like I put it on. I can't. Do I, this. I put the goatee. I'm out already. And then I know my routine of what a I ru- do. A routine. Well, yeah, because instead of sitting there looking at a timer, you look at a timer. You're looking in the mirror. You look at the timer. So I already know the things that I can do before I hop in the shower. And I go, okay, it's time to jump in. And then you let the hot water run on it. And then, and then I got a special sponge I use to, to hit uh, the skin. This, this sounds like a pain in the ass. I don't think I want to look better that much. Well, it's not a matter of looking better. I just don't like that. Like, you don't have a lot of discoloration. I don't agree that you have 14 colors. Mine's bad. Yeah. You want me to, I, sometimes I, I, I go full disclosure too much. <laughs> I really am like my father. My father got real lazy with his looks because um, he went bald early. He's just like, whatever. Um, there are times because I I get ready so quickly. First of all, I'm I'm to the age now. I think it's fifty fifty if my zipper's up, and it'll be like halfway through the day. And I'm like, I did it again. Zipper was down. Now usually I wear like a long fat man shirt, so it'll cover the zipper. But here's the other one. This, this is ridiculous. You ready for this one? I will. I'll leave the house, brush my teeth in a hurry. You know, sprinkle some water on my face. Three hours later, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, man, my beard looks really white today. It's toothpaste. There's extra toothpaste on my chin. I want to go, what is happening? I go I'm back. not 88 years old. <laughs> but now I'm starting to think, I'm like, if I keep doing this toothpaste thing where I can't wipe my face off, I'm like, I need the white here. Otherwise, people can see it clearly. Blends in. What a jackass. Let me ask you this. I'm done. You, uh... you know what I need? I need someone to personally dress me. I need a... We're, by the way, that, we're getting to that in 20 minutes. That, is, that story you told me, a personal clothes buyer, that is outrageous. So that, that's a tease for 20 minutes from now. But up next, Stanford Route, the former Raider, on the Raiders, the offseason, and the NFL playoffs. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. What has he done to earn any kind of faith in the situation? What have the Raiders done to earn the benefit of the doubt? Obviously, I understand Derek Carr didn't have the best season, and maybe I have a little soft spot because I think he's been through a lot of crazy stuff, and I can relate to that. <laughs> like, <laughs> he has overcome a very uh, sometimes toxic, very chaotic, constant turnover of a situation with the Raiders. It's time for former Oakland Raider and NFL insider Stanford Rout on Cofield and Company. That was Joy Taylor from FS1. That was really interesting at the end, and her comments about Derek Carr being through a lot. And I always wonder why Derek has 
this super allegiance from some fans, and maybe that's it. Like a man of the people. Stanford Rout is with us. He's a man of the people. He's up on this Friday with Cofield and Company. Stanford, how you doing? Pretty good, pretty good, fellas. Uh, how are you? We're good. Does that make sense to you? Because I've always been kind of not mystified's not the right word, but there's a there's a loyal group of Derek Carr fans. I mean, they'll they'll go to the grave with the guy. I mean, they they battle for him. Do you think that's part of it? What Joy just said that that Derek shows his emotions and he's been through a lot. And like as a fan, like I've been through a lot. I like Derek because of that. I mean, obviously, Derek has been through a lot. There's no doubt about that. But, I mean, I don't completely absolve him of that because something that I remember I was taught from the late, great Willie Brown or Rod Woodson from back in my playing days. So let's say you're going through different defensive coordinators. You're going through a different coaching staff. In what way is that coaching staff going to stop you from covering that receiver in man-to-man coverage? <laughs> Yeah. So if you got a new offensive coordinator, how is that offensive coordinator causing you to throw three interceptions against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense? And by no means is it the steel curtain of the 70s. So I, I honestly I get where people like Joy Taylor come from just because when you look at its entirety, all of the turmoil, all of the turnover that you've seen going on within the Raiders throughout the last 15 to 20 years or ever since they last went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you look at how the John Gruden fiasco, when you look at the Henry Ruggs fiasco, when you look at so many different things that just go on and on and look at Damon Arnett going on, things like that, so much within this organization that is pretty much a distraction to actually being at your best on the football field, I can see why people like Joy Taylor have the type of mindset that they have because there are certain things that you see within the Las Vegas Raiders and back then the Oakland Raiders that don't that it just doesn't happen to other teams. So that is something that definitely could be uh, surmised at actually hindering somebody's growth. Ten thousand percent agree with you, Stanford, and that was something that I brought up last night in on a TV spot was that. The next team that goes after Derek Carr, I think that it's not a knock against his talent, but more so what's attractive is that at this point in his career, you look at the makeup of last season and what he endured with somewhat of a makeshift coaching staff, um, all the things that went down off the field, bringing the team together and hearing many of the Raiders say it was Derek Carr and his leadership. I think you have to take that in consideration which is why I think also a team that does that is going to be looking for someone that's not looking for a superstar quarterback, but someone that could just come in, be a leader, manage the team that may have a strong running back, a strong defense, and a strong coaching staff. They just need someone like Derek Carr. Yeah, I think that uh, obviously I think Derek Carr is a very capable quarterback if you put the right pieces around him, like you just said, a good defense, a good run game, putting some good weapons, some good pass catches around him. But I think ultimately it's just really just going to come down to the right fit, and it's going to come down to whichever team is willing, he's willing to uh, go ahead and waive his no-trade clause for, and that right there still remains to be seen exactly who that's going to be. But, yeah, I think that for Derek Carr, he has gone through a lot within the Oakland and Las Vegas Raiders. And I think a change of scenery, a breath of fresh air would do him some good. And I think that you put the right team, the right nucleus of players around him, I think he can be very effective and very successful. Speaking of former Raiders, Stanford route. So, Stanford, let me ask you, Derek Carr has the no trade clause. He can waive it. 
if he does that, then the Raiders get something out of it, and he can use the the, the contract that didn't get extended with the Raiders and, and keep somewhat keep that money. If if he plays hardball and says no, cut me, then the next team's going to negotiate a brand new contract. So it's kind of a catch twenty two. What should Derek Carr do? I think that if it's the right situation, if it's a team that intrigues him and that he actually wants to be a part of, he should waive his no-trade clause. If it comes down to a situation where the Raiders have a certain asking price and no team is willing to match that asking price, whatever that price may be, that's still something that is, uh, that's, uh, that's unbeknownst to us. But whenever that time comes, if that winds up being the case, then you know what? It might behoove him to go ahead and just want to be released outright. That way he can choose which team he wants to go to. So today the Associated Press released their all-pro teams. If you look at the makeup of the, uh, the teams and the records with the most players, um, two of the top teams in the league come with four. The next team in, a six-win Raiders with three, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Daniel Carlson. Your thoughts? I think it just goes to show that the Raiders, they had good players this year. They had a lot of bright spots on the team. I mean, for crying out loud, you look at Max Crosby, he didn't make the all-pro team, but another Pro Bowl selection, one of the top defensive end edge rushers in today's game. It just goes to show that this team, they have good players. It just seems like something is amiss. It just seems like something is just not firing off of all cylinders where you're able to put it all together, and that's why you got to go and put a lot of that on Derek Carr. Now, you don't put all of it on Derek Carr because if you notice, if you notice how many defensive players made the all-pro team of the, of the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. Max None. Crosby was, got votes but did not make it. And so that right there is indicative of what's going on within this team. The defensive side of the ball has blown, what, five double-digit leads this past season. That is an NFL record. That is what ultimately needs to be addressed the most. Now, like I said, you put a good amount of that on Derek Carr, but you don't put all of it on Derek Carr. You put the same amount of that on the defense, the defensive coordinator, a lot of the defensive coaches and things whatnot. So to me, I think that uh, obviously you have players on this team that are good. There's no doubt about that. But you need to get more rounded throughout the entire roster, not having a running back who leads the league in, uh, in rushing yards, not having a receiver who leads the league in touchdowns, and then having your kicker, who's obviously one of the tops in the league as well. But you got to be able to spread some of that around the team as a whole, namely the defensive side of the ball. And I'm going to go a step further and say it's a third of the blame. It's thirds of the blame because I think – those blown leads in the second half, there are games that we could point back to play calling where things were working in the first half, they got away from it, and all of a sudden it wasn't working, and your offense can't stay on the field, your defense becomes tired. Josh Jacobs had a coming out party, and there were times where they probably should have kept going to him. There were times they should have kept going to Devontae Adams. Big question with Josh Jacobs. Do you franchise tag him, risk him holding out, forcing their hand, or do you give him a big contract? If Unless I know definitively that I'm going to be able to get a, a running back in the draft or via free agency that I know is a definitive upgrade over Josh Jacobs, I franchise him just simply because we see that what he's done this past season. And I also am a firm believer of doing right by people. You didn't pick up his fifth year option. We all know that. But he then turned in 
a year where he leads the league in rushing, where he makes all pro. He goes to the Pro Bowl. You're just going to go ahead, pat that guy on the back, and then just go ahead and show him the door without already having a definitive upgrade? No, you don't do that because that also does not breed good blood. That does not breed goodwill within the organization to do something like that. So, obviously, he's going to probably want more than what they're going to offer. That's why I think the franchise tag is perfect. All right, most players hate the franchise tag. And if I were running back, I would hate it, especially because my career length is, you know, on average, short. What if Josh Jacobs is like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want the franchise tag. Then what do you do? Well, I mean, well, you can, see, you can force that, it on him. You can force it on him, and he already showed under, you know, I'll call them bad circumstances. He was super motivated to go out and have a big year. But, like, what do you do if you're Josh Jacobs in this situation? I think that for Josh Jacobs, he's going to want to do what's best for him. And I think that, obviously, when you look at the entirety of the league, I'm not sure that Josh Jacobs is going to be able to get a break-the-bank type, type of contract. Now, I do believe that somebody's going to pay him. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But is he going to get a contract that is equal to a Christian McCaffrey? Is he going to get a contract that's even equal to, let's say, an Aaron Jones? I'm not certain on that. I don't know that. But I do believe he is going to have his fair share of suitors for his services, as he should, because he led the league in rushing yards, and he can help a lot of teams. Now, that's where it gets really tricky. If they franchise him and that's something he doesn't want to do and he just goes and just sits out or just, you know, sits out the entire offseason like what you just alluded to, that I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how all that, how all that plays out. But for a running back to be able to go in your fifth year and to be able to pick up the average salary of the top five guys at your position for one season, yeah, that's still – it's right. not exactly chump change, you know. So yeah. at the end of the day, that's something that Josh Jacobs is going to have to go and sit down and, and think about that, look at everything with his family and discuss that. But I think that Josh Jacobs for right now, based on where everything was a year ago when they did not pick up his fifth-year option, I don't think that Josh Jacobs could have asked for a better situation to be in after four, year number four based on where everything was coming into this year with his fifth year not being picked up. Stanford route, a NFL Zatter, Aaron Cofield and company, former Oakland Raider. You can listen to the Believe in Raiders podcast with Dennis Ackerman. That's a weekly podcast, a great listen, again, on the Believe podcast network. I want to bounce around the NFL playoffs. Uh, first, let's talk Chargers. Boy, Staley's in a weird position here because – now I feel like going into the game, Stanford, uh, so much of his label is now connected to Mike Williams getting hurt in that meaningless game. I mean, I guess if they win, then that'll disappear. But I actually think there's a little more pressure on him to win the game. There could be a lot of negativity around Staley if they lose. Oh, no doubt about it. Just for the simple fact that him being more of a defensive-minded type of guy, obviously we know that he likes to go forward on fourth down. He likes to take chances. And when you look at how the Los Angeles Chargers seem to always be one of the most talented teams in the league, but it just seems like they never can quite get right. It seems like they always have a barrage of injuries that just always kind of derail them. You see J.C. Jackson did not play much of the year. You see Bosa, he was on the shelf for a good part of the year. And for the the additions they made to their defense, you just would have expected them to be more smothering, more sweltering this past season, which did not come to fruition. And when you look at it, Justin Herbert, obviously one of the top quarterbacks in this league, the top young guys in this league. And there are some games where he just underwhelms. 
There are some games where he just doesn't put it all together, and that's all going to come at the feet of a Brandon Staley. And then when you go ahead and just add complete insult to injury, last week playing against the Denver Broncos, a meaningless game, and you have a good amount of your starters in there, and Mike Williams gets hurt the way that he did, and now he's out tomorrow night. Didn't even make the trip uh, with the team to Florida. That's something that if they wind up losing this game, you could very well see uh, Brandon Staley getting that pink slip come Monday morning just because of how he's managed this team in certain areas and why it seems like this team is not doing as well as their talent or their potential would lead you to believe. Stanford Routes with us. I want to close on something important. You're around the, the Texans you know, in Houston, and we just saw Lovey Smith, a, a highly respected football coach, get blown out after a year. David Culley got blown out the year before. I've seen some anger expressed from African-Americans. I saw a column written this week saying, you know what? Maybe African-American candidates should stand together against the Texans and, you know, the Rooney rule this time around? How about no one interviews to satisfy that? Is that too much? I mean, what, what's the reaction in, in Texan land with Lovey Smith getting fired? <clears throat> well, anybody that knows anything about the Texans or it's just in the state of Texas or just around the city of Houston, you pretty much already knew that when they hired David Culley, they're probably going to go ahead and fire him after a year. Same thing for Lovey Smith, just because – this team is in disarray right now, and there's no way that you can turn this thing around in one season. That's for, for, for darn certain. And I think that when you look at it from the totality or just when you look at it specifically from the African-American standpoint, just the min minority candidate standpoint, there are so many people that want an opportunity. There's so many people that need an opportunity. So for them to go and ban all together and to completely nobody interview for any of the head coaching vacancies or anything like that with the Houston Texans, no interviews at all. That's something that you're not really going to find everybody banding together for that just because there's too many people that need, that want, that deserve an opportunity. So when that opportunity comes knocking, as, as bad of a position that you're going to be in, as, as, as much of a disadvantageous position that you're going to be in, you're going to have a lot of guys who are still going to take that opportunity because at the very least, you can go and somehow springboard that opportunity into others down the road. Right. So that's why I don't think that you're really going to see a complete banding together, or should I say a boycotting of, of, uh, of interviews for the Houston Texans. I'm not sure you're going to see that. Yeah, the last thing you need is to you know be in a position like Eric Bieniemy, where every freaking year you, you're, you know, you get chances, but there's something going on behind the scenes where people won't get across the finish line with Eric Bieniemy, and maybe that changes this year. We'll see. Stanford, enjoy the games this weekend. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. Man, you guys be good. Be safe out there. There he is, never out. The former Oakland Raider breaking things down with the Raiders. What a what a, a what it's going to be. I don't know. Five six weeks coming up here, maybe even longer, with all the car quarterback questions and who's next. It's Freaking awesome. We'll go to the grab bag to close things out. We're on the road at Treasure Island. The Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. The only ones at, no. at, at the UNLV football games at Allegiant Stadium are guys getting ready for Raider games the next day down in the tunnels. There's no one at the game. No one cares about UNLV football at all. People who live in Vegas can give a rat's ass about UNLV football. They suck. So why wouldn't you leave for a better job? Who would turn down AM and Kyle Field for that? 
crappy job in Vegas, honestly. Let's just, I mean, I, three years I, ago, they got a high school coach coaching the team. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Well, that wasn't very nice. That was Scott Farrell, national talk show host. That was actually uh, shortly after Bobby Petrino decided to uh, bolt on UNLV for Texas A&M, and then you know Scott goes in on UNLV. Now, there are a lot of people here who care about UNLV football. Uh, their attendance could be better at the Al, and I think it, it will be better in the future. But Scott was hitting on... You know, UNLV football being, you know, further down. It was kind of, you know, strong the way he said it. But further down the list for fans in town. And part of the way that's going to change, the most important way, Willie, is to win. But the other thing is to actually start getting back out in public, the football team to make a connection with public and, and with the public and make a connection with the, all their old football players who were still in the market. And they really haven't done that real well the last couple of years. And Barry Odom today yeah. made a point of, hey, it's the first day we can get out and recruit. Our staff is out, and we're hitting every high school we can in the area. And that's, you know, that's one of those grassroots things, those foundation things that can get people fired up and you know, make a connection so that more people are going to want to care about the program, even if the players don't come from local high schools. But a little more attention and uh, you know, Priority. Can, boost, can boost attendance. So yeah. Prioritizing the hometown. Yeah, the Pharrell stuff. I mean, Scott knows Vegas pretty well, but yeah. not, not that well. Whatever. So there you go. Taken with the greatest. In the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. What'd you, uh, you're snacking on something here at the Golden Circle. They have a great menu. What'd you get, a salad? Yeah, double grilled chicken Caesar salad. I'm on a, uh, I started my new plan. Nice job. This week, so. Um, I'm not starting a plan, so I got uh, chicken tenders. Yeah. I got to tell you how thrilled I am with these things. First of all, they're tasty, but the other thing is when they came out, they're hot, hot yeah, I know. You as gotta be hell. Yeah. Um, I would. I'd rather have a. Oh, did you witnessed it at another joint, didn't you? When I complained that it wasn't hot. Soup. It was soup. I, think. I thought it was. I thought it was chicken there too. Oh. Um, no, I did. I sent. I sent. I sent some wings back because I was like, "Come on, man. Yeah, the these wings. are they're cold That's when right, they yeah, came yeah, out." Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would. I'd rather. I'd rather have a chicken finger burn a hole all the way through my cheek, mm. and get stitches, than than get it cold. I get it. My it's a little extreme. Warm in there. God, I got I got it's some I got some Mexican food, kind of Tex-Mex in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. and it was so good. But every bite from the beginning to the end got colder, and it was cold to start. I'm like, God, this is good. I can't stop eating it. But I was like, I want to send it back. And then I got like halfway through it. I'm like, I can't send it back now. I have no self control. I was just gonna say you're impatient. I know, and I'm also I'm a bit scarred because. I think I told you before, my mother was uh, like, miss send it back, especially you got tea earlier. Yeah. Man, if she didn't get hot friggin' tea, yeah. she would flip out. And I remember as a kid, we used to always be like, Mom, will you stop? You're embarrassing us. And now I'm like, the key thing where's about the hot food? The reason for hot tea is because you're not going to drink it so fast, so you want to yes. eventually get to the loop. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And they know what you, how about this? Bring me some hot water on the side. I can refresh. Yeah. Hot, though. Like the, the backup water has got to be really hot. So what are you doing this weekend for your uh, child's birthday? I'm sorry, I squeezed it to the very end of the show here. I forgot we're out a little bit early. It's not a child. He's 27. He's he's, Still, a, he's always a child. He's got a spot. He's got a spot. Two days, staycation someplace, spa, the whole thing in a high rise. He's 
He's a you know he's a, he's got the personal shopper. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned that earlier. Your son has a personal shopper at Neiman Marcus. Man, I, he came over to say hi. I told I texted with him earlier and told him I needed to come in uh, to get some some stuff. And so he said, "Where are you?" Gonna? I said, "I'm at Treasure Island later." So he said, "Oh, I'll pop over the bridge." So he walked over to say hi. But Jordan apparently texted him, said, "Hey, put that that hoodie that we talked about." He goes over there for the wow. for the McQueen shoot, the Alexander McQueens, all that good stuff. Unreal, yeah. unreal. Yeah. Living the high life. Yes. We're not blending on this show. You're you're the uh, you're the only one who's not a uh, complete slob on Cofield and Company. Thanks to Golden Circle. Appreciate housing the show today. We'll see you.